two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ring. I, of course, am your host, the one and only Dr. B.O.B., and with me, as always, is the Hawaiian lion, the man who brings the positivity, the intensity, and the fortitude, the one and only Blowout Man. How are you today, Blowout Man? Thank you for that amazing introduction, Dr. Bob. It's Blowout Time, Warriors. I'm all fired up. Thank you very much for that. Let's do this. All right. Let's get, uh, we'll get right into it. I've put a list together. Now, I've been, we haven't been reviewing NXT UK, as you know, since uh, the beginning of November. So there's a couple of months that we've, uh, you know, we haven't reviewed. So what I did was I went back and I've watched everything through the December 2nd episode. And I wrote wow. down the matches that I think people, like, uh, people should go back and, and watch because they were really good matches. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I did the um, the very last one that just came out, which was the pretty deadly um, year wrap up, and it yeah. had it had the first time that they beat Gallows' undefeated streak. That was uh that was that was a fantastic match. That's actually yeah. was that's my tag team match of the year for 2021. It was uh, just yeah. was amazing. But um, and then the the, the fact that uh, at the time. They were just they were just gonna be um, expecting to win, correct? Mm -hmm. And then they actually beat them with the spilled milk. Mm-hmm. Well, if I remember, there was some trickery in that one too, wasn't there? Some uh, some heel trickery with the belts, where they uh, they ended up using the belts on one of uh, one of Gallus. I think it might have been Mark Coffey that they used the belts on to get the pin, but I can't remember correctly. It's fun listening to them when they tell them uh, when they talk about Lewis Howley. Yeah. Uh, over here in Hawaii, it's a different term. You hear Howley, and so you, it's funny when I hear him say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the uh, uh, starting with December, November eighteenth uh, episode, uh, the two matches from that episode that I thought that people really should go back and watch is uh, ha uh, Saxon Huxley and Kenny Williams which was just a fantastic match. Uh, both of those guys are really good. Kenny's great healing. Saxon is just a fantastic worker. And then uh, the first time, well, not the first time, but the first big match is the uh, the Teoman and Raja versus uh, Gallus. The first time they clashed, because I thought that was a very, very good match. It really goes to show Teoman and Raja starting to work together as a team. Oh, that's awesome. Are it, they going to be... Uh, on the same table? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, yeah, Tayman and Raja, they're the, because Raja's the one who's already been with Tayman, and of course now we know Dempsey is part of that group as well. So, uh, oh, I, I knew, I knew it. You called it that one week, of, uh, right? Like the last time, right before the New Year's, you said, I bet you it's effing Dempsey. And I said, you know what? That would work. Mm -hmm. And you called it right on the nose. Good job. So uh, then, in November twenty fifth, we get uh, Jordan Devlin versus uh, Mark, An or, yeah, Mark Andrews, which was a really good match. Uh, Noam Dar versus uh, Sam Gradwell in a uh, uh, Heritage Cup match, which was fantastic. Um, moving to December second, which was a big uh, that was a big one. Um, the first thing I noticed is Dempsey has a kind of a squash match at the beginning and, and shakes the guy's hand. 
And I don't know if you notice this or if you're familiar with the Freemasons at all, but uh, there's certain handshakes within the Freemasons that they right. do, like a certain number of fingers will be extended downward or upward or something like that. And he gives the right. guy one of those handshakes. Now, I know, don't know if he's a Freemason and that was some sort of like thing or if that's just the way he shakes hands. But I noticed it and I was like, that's a little different. I didn't, you know, that's something you don't really notice every day. <laughs> that's funny. I hope they uh, continue with that. I like I like the eye with with Tiamon. Yeah, the eye, the, the all seeing eye. eye. But yeah, um, I throw that one. I throw that one in the Discord quite a bit sometimes. I like to just say that the boy man also has the all seeing eye. <laughs> but uh, but in that match, that was the uh, the second uh, uh, Saxon Huxley Kenny Williams match, which I think was actually better than the first because the crowd was like super super hot for it. And of course, that match ended with the Dragonall versus Rampage Brown match. Okay, let which... me hang, let me let me pump your brakes for just a second. That one with um with uh with the what's the big guy with Saxon Huxley? Huxley. Yeah, I, I was I was watching that to to get some reviews right before we did the podcast right now, and I saw him. Uh, I think Kenny Williams was trying to write something on the wall. Mm-hmm. He's trying to do some little artwork on the wall. And all of a sudden, you hear somebody just bashing trash cans on the ground, and you hear, Rah! cockroach! Kenny Cockroach! <laughs> Kenny Cockroach! <laughs> Kenny Cockroach! And he just he just sees them and just kind of gets frightened, and he goes right past them, and I'm like, yes, this next episode is going to be awesome. All Saxon Huxley. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. And uh, he actually liked my tweet the other day when I retweeted the, the video of him. Uh, and I was like, these are the, you know, these are some of the guys I want to see him work with in the, in the next year. Cause I'd love to see him work. I really would like to see him work with Dempsey. Cause I think that would be a very cool clash of styles, but I think they could do something different. And, uh, I'd love to see him work with Rampage Brown and, or Dragonoff just because he's so wild. I think him and Dragonoff could have a really good, very entertaining match. Yeah. I think I remember seeing your comment. Mm-hmm. When you send it out on Twitter uh, towards Saxon Huxley, that's so cool that he gave you a cool response. Yep. So uh, uh, then, uh, of course, the uh, the big title match between Dragonoff and Rampage Brown, which was a great match, eight plus match up until the finish. It had a weird finish. I think Brown might have gotten injured or something because they ended oh, that no. match like real super quick. It wasn't like. You know what I mean? Building up towards a finish, and then it was like straight-up injury finish, you know? So, I, I don't know. Aww. I don't know. Aww. I hope Brown's okay. It, I think he might have just rung his bell or maybe had, like, a stinger or something, but uh, I, I couldn't tell what it was. But whatever it was, he uh, he uh, didn't, he, you know, he had to be helped to the back. So, uh, we'll just uh, hope he's okay. Got to hope sauces if you, you're a praying type got to, uh, or rubbing your crystals together, whatever you do. Sasha Banks was uh, escorted. She had to be carried out of the uh, um, of the arena the other night. So, I hope she's good. Oh, baby, Sasha Banks got hurt. That's too bad. Oh, no, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. So, um with that, I will have the second half next week with the rest of uh, the necessary and what everybody needs to watch, and then we'll start getting back into our regular, regularly scheduled programs. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to call next week. Of course, you know, we're doing Survivor Series 96. 
or not Survivor Series, fuck, um, Starcade, Starcade ninety, Starcade eighty six. Yeah. Jesus, flip, Starcade eighty six, you know, Night of the Skywalkers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, last night, last night when I was doing the uh, open mic night at the tavern, mm-hmm. that's what I was. That's what I said at the end. I said, "You guys got to, you guys got to get ready for the podcast." I didn't make it under the under the uh, set that came out on the show, but you guys, I told everybody at the end, you guys got to get the podcast. It's going to be on tonight. We're going to have the Midnight Express versus the Road Wars. It's going to be a, a scaffolding match for the stars, <laughs> uh, Star Wars uh, in the skies. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, um, so we'll do that. That's going to be the end of this season. And when we bring up the next season, we'll start back and uh, start doing alternating weeks with the the old wwe pay-per-views and stuff again but that's what i said i said i said the night of the skywalkers night of the skywalkers yeah everybody was all fired up dr bob i'm serious so um but tonight day one january 1st 2022 um now story i missed the first two matches in the arena that's what I wanted to get to talk about. It was the first uh, a match was the uh, opening match of the night, the kickoff mm-hmm. match. Yeah. When, and Sheamus and. Um, oh, I didn't get to see that match at all. Yeah. So I missed, I guess I missed the first, first three matches because I didn't get to see the Sheamus and Cesaro versus, uh, or Sheamus and what's his face versus Ricochet and uh, um, yeah, Cesaro. Yeah. So he got, he, he got injured. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the. I saw where he got injured too. Rick, Ricochet almost stepped on his face with his foot. Oh no! Right. I and right after the um, right after the day one was over, then they started to show uh, the first ever eliminations chamber with all the guys, and then Booker T said that we would crash dummies <laughs> of the day, of the day. We would crash dummies of the day. And, <laughs> Everybody's everybody's coming up with all their ideas of what's gonna happen, and then the only one that had something good to say was Rob Van Dam. And Rob Van Dam was like, "Oh, I really like this. Uh, I got a lot of ideas. I can do all kinds of cool things." And you hear Booker T tell Triple H, "You know, I think, I think someone to get up tonight." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the story was is I was I was I would have been there on time. But the uh, there was a blockage on the uh, I was taking Marta, which is our our local you know train mass transit system, and uh, so I was taking Marta in, and there was a blockage on the track. So they got us all off the train, put us on buses, took us down like three stops, and put us back on the train. But all that took like a freaking hour. Oh Lord! <laughs> so uh... so I ended up showing up towards the end of the second match on the actual pay-per-view um but i went back and i watched the first match uh the usos versus the new day for the smackdown tag titles um i gotta give i gotta give a big shout out to um to uh pat mcafee yeah. i like his style i like pat mcafee and, and also the fact that uh michael cole has been doing this for such a long time and you know he's got vince mcmahon in his ear oh no you can't say this you can't say that you can't say this you can't say that so he's like really bugged out but you got pat mcafee just screaming off the top of his lungs <laughs> and he's just making it sound like it's all so happening it's so fun i, I think give pat mcafee all of the new credit i do i think pat mcafee makes made the matches he was commentating on in this in this pay-per-view better than they Kirk, were yeah. than, maybe than they were i don't know but he definitely uh 
he was he definitely brings a lot to the table as far as that goes and uh i think he gets on cole's nerves in kind of the same way that jr the same way that king used to get on jr's nerves so it's nice to hear that kind of the straight man getting flummoxed by the uh the comedian type of thing um oh yeah it is it's good dynamic it, they got they got this fun uh scream that he has and he, every everything is uh for the for the bloodline <laughs> and he wants to tell you guys exactly where they're from and and he tells them right away that it's funner to be here than it is to be there and it's, it's just it's just cool he has all these great sayings and he tells you uh that the new the new group in atlanta <laughs> that's gonna be with rated rko none other than atlanta's own Amigos, and they start out the show with that pretty oh, yeah. good promo. Actually, I, I like their grills. Yeah. Um, so, getting back to the first match, um, right? I've, uh, I thought it was a really good tag match. The crowd was really hot up for it. Uh, they got some uh, good heat on Kofi. I loved it when uh, uh, Uso did the Rikishi thing, and uh, uh, McAfee's just like ass. Two face, <laughs> face, and uh, it's like he, he gets away with that. That's, yeah, that's a funny thing to say during an USO match. Um, Kofi gets a little oh, bit of to off. his father, oh, to his father, Rikishi, oh, to his uncle, oh, uh, uh, Umaga. So, um, uh, yeah, I wrote down McAfee's gold. Uh, they Kofi gets a little bit of a false hope spot, but they shut it down. And I wanted to bring up something here because. This is something that I've seen on Twitter, maybe not so much recently, but it was a while back about the freaking Young Bucks. Um, about them talking about they were the first people to be sneakerheads and wear like high dollar sneakers in the ring. And I'm like, no. Kofi Kingston's the first person I remember wearing really expensive sneakers to the ring to wrestle in because I. Um, because I like back even when the New Day was still heels, he would be posting on Instagram the new sneakers he was getting, or he'd be like, "Hey, check out these sneakers I'm wearing tonight. They're really cool." So um, I just want to tell the young bucks that uh, no, you're not the first people to do that. So anyway, well, on that on that note, if you really think about it, Adam Cole, baby. I call my beautiful wife Jessica baby all the time. I've been tweeting for about two years so far, and also. What's up with the boom? <laughs> I thought I was the blowout man. And they're using the boom right when he enters the ring. So I'm like, okay, I get it, Tony Khan. Maybe you guys got a little of the blowout man action going on over <laughs> there. AEW. You're going to talk about the blowout man. But yeah. um, anyway, getting back to the match, Woods gets a hot tag, uh, makes a really nice comeback. But the Usos regain advantage. There's a second hot tag, a couple of false finishes with Kofi doing some roll-ups. Usos work on Kofi's knee. Then there's a series of two counts. Uh, the um, New Day hit a finisher for a two count. Uh, and then the Usos hit the uh, 3D, which I guess is they're going to call the 1D because they are the ones. Oh, but, yeah, uh, I wrote that down. I wrote that down in the end of my notes right here. I wanted to say... If you were there, if you were able to say 3D out, out loud in the crowd. Well, um, no, McAfee said it. No, Cole said it live. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's like, that's a 3D. And then Cole was, and then McAfee's like, that's a 1D. <laughs> They're the ones. <laughs> one, but um, overall, I gave this I gave this match a B plus. I thought it was really good. Um, there were a couple of things, especially Xavier Woods, like perfect timing in quotation marks. Like you're right. You know what I mean? Like he's always yeah. like right there. You don't see him up on the apron. You don't see him anywhere. So that means he's hiding on the side of the apron. Probably not really selling, but just kind of sitting there on the apron watching, waiting for his spot to come in, as opposed to maybe standing in the corner, leaning up against the ropes, kind of tired or worn out looking or trying to get the tag but not getting it. It kind of it takes away from it for me if he's just always happens to be right there at the perfect time all the time. You see what I'm saying? He has the best facial reactions. You you look back at the first time that the two New Days won the tag team championships and oh, yeah. Xavier Woods was with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he actually had both belts in his hands when they won. And then he gave it to Kofi and he gave it to Big E. But he had them in his hands when they won. And he made the funniest facial expressions. He had them both in his hands going like this. Just <laughs> like, like kind of laughing, you know? And I, yep. I just remember, my God, I like him. He's funny. Oh, I love Xavier Woods. He's he's yeah. fantastic. I met him once at uh, Dragon Con, but he wasn't there as Xavier Woods. He was there, you know, as himself, as Austin Creed. And uh, I think yeah, I tried yeah. to talk to him about wrestling, uh, and I think he kind of blew me off, probably because I was really drunk at the time. <laughs> And I couldn't remember his damn name. I was like, like, you're a a wrestler. You're the New Day, right? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Well, you know, I I, I did a really good, uh, uh, what's it called? I I did a really good uh, audition for Stan Lee, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the creator of Spider-Man and Marvel Comics. I squeezed his hand as as tight as I could. And I said, my name is the Pipe Layer. And he looked at me straight in the eyes. He said, you are a real life superhero. <laughs> but um, so anyway, Uso's the New Day got a, got a B plus, which I think is pretty fair for that match. It was good. It was exciting. The crowd was into it. I gave um, it I gave it I gave it an A plus because of the 3D and because of the Pat McAfee's um commentating was a good way to start off the night yeah. and then if you look at the if you look at the uh interaction with yeah. the crowd between the usos they represent they do represent a lot of the ohana that that you have here on the islands because there's really oh yeah all like that they're all family it's really fun it's like you want to see all the excitement and the animation oh yeah i they mean i, pride, I get yeah. that the only thing that i don't like about the usos is that People are still cheering for them, and they're supposed to be heels, which means they're not healing it up enough. For you see what I'm saying? Like when he does the ooh, and then everybody else goes so's ooh so's. It's like I don't want cool heels. I want heels that people hate, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, for right now, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, next match was yes. uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Probably oh, one this of was the uh, epic. This one was of, so epic. One of the worst gimmicks ever. <laughs> yes. Ever, ever, ever. Um, like, the first thing I wrote down is you're going to wrestle in suspenders, slacks, and a button-up. So that's uh, that's, right, <laughs> that's just – that throws me off right there. Um, that – I came in about halfway through this match, and uh, it was loud. Like – not the crowd, but like the match itself. Like anytime somebody got dropped to the mat, 
You heard it. Boom. Yes, exactly. Because they're both pretty big dudes. Um, Yes. I wrote down that Moss has potential. He can work pretty good, although it's hard to work in what he was dressed in in the ring. Uh, I love the spot where he was running towards Drew while Drew was in the corner. Drew moved, and he ate the turnbuckle in a very unique way, but looked really bad. You know mm. what I mean? Like, he, like, rammed into it with, like, the side of his face and his shoulder. And, you know, I mean, it was safe, but it looked just, it was it was different. It was not, not something you see every day. I thought it looked good. Um, wow. That's a nice sell. It's hard to do that. I like it when Bobby Lashley picks up the, the guy, mm-hmm. puts him on his shoulder, and then runs him right into the, the side of the post and kind of spins him and do 360. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that is a great move. Um, Moss also had another great uh, spot where he caught uh, um, Drew McIntyre, but he didn't get all of him. Like, he was oh, having yeah. trouble with him. So he, like, yeah. turned around and slammed him into the turnbuckle and then slammed him to the mat. And I was like, yep. that was a really good on-your-feet like yep. uh, uh, adjustment, thought. adjustment, yeah, quick, quick adjustment to be able to get a better grip on him. Yeah, yeah, it was so, pretty cool. Uh, I saw him, and then he did a fallaway slam with Madcap mm-hmm. with his with his suspenders on. Mm-hmm. And and Madcap does a real good sell job, you know, because he's only got his 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 button open, you know, so he's just like, oh. <laughs> but um, so but at the end of the night, uh, the uh, Drew does the Claymore count, which misses, but then he hits it and gets the win, and. Uh, the crowd was insane when they were doing the three, two, one for the, uh, oh, the count. Yeah. Oh, it was so loud. Yeah. Um, I would, I, yeah, that's uh, another thing I need to say about this pay-per-view is they did not sweeten the sound on this pay-per-view one bit. It was insanely nope. loud in that arena. Um, yeah. The, uh, I can't, be- uh, I can't believe the freaking roof ripped off that place. <laughs> felt like it was going to at points. Um, yeah, but Drew and Madcap ended up getting a C. I mean, it was, I thought it was basically a TV match. I think they could have done this on TV and maybe given us a, uh, a United States or, uh, intercontinental championship match instead. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, there was some psych, there was some psychology there with, um, with happy Corbin. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the psychology there because he didn't quite get that involved. Mm-hmm. And Madcap was really trying to get his one-on-one on. Well, see, and that's at the, the very, yeah. At the very end, um, Drew got to kind of blew them both a kiss. Yep. You know, and it was just like I wanted to know what your thoughts were because you were actually there. Did they kind of just was it just uh, a psychological thing between him and Happy Corbin? Yeah. Well, that was for TV. Nobody, none of us, hardly anybody in the arena even noticed that or reacted to it. Um, but, uh, I, I will, I'll say this, and this, this goes into the power structure of those two. Um, Corbin isn't really going to go out of his way to help Moss because Moss is his flunky. You see what I'm saying? Corbin expects Moss to go out of his way to help him, but he's not going to go out of his way to help his flunky win. Just like DiBiase wouldn't go out of his way to help Virgil win a match. You see what I'm saying? And we're getting close. We're getting close. We're almost 30 days away, almost, to Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. January 29th. We're less than 30 days away. We're, we're less than 30 days away, Saturday, January 29th. <laughs> There's going to be all sorts of people that are going to be in the, in the Royal Rumble this year. But, Even um, Jackass is going to be in. Oh, God. He got booed so much. Nobody wants him in that match. I could just, I could tell you now, I like, do. 
Well, you do. There we go. Yeah. Blowout man wants Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble. Like, write it down, folks. But um, thank you guys. Anyway, what I was gonna say <laughs> is because uh, there's an interview in the back after this match, but you can't hear it. The interview sound in the arena was awful. You couldn't hear hardly a word anybody was saying in a live interview from the back. Uh, Damn it, it that kept, sucks. It kept cutting in and out. So. Uh, but then uh, we got the Street Profits versus RK Bro for the Raw Tag Titles. Um, sorry, I'm I'm out of whiskey, so I'm drinking beer, and it's kind of makes me a little burpy. Ooh. Ooh, don't worry about that. I, I if you got a lager, go ahead and keep it keep it going. <laughs> I got I have coffee right here. But um, so we got um, the uh, uh the RK Bro Pop dwarfed the street profits like huge rk bro is over like yes the, like the street profits came out and they got like a kind of a polite pop but uh it's a whole farm but rk bro just completely uh dwarfed it um orton was completely over this whole match uh was just chanting and you didn't hear all of it on tv there was some rko chants you heard and some randy orton chants but it was basically like the whole match people were just chanting about randy orton <laughs> yeah so, uh he's a he's he's a legend killer oh yeah and everybody there is probably like probably wanted to see him forever yeah um, i would i would be chatting rk pro though yeah the uh yes the uh, um, uh, Ford, Montez Ford, I guess the Prophets were like, we're going to be the heels in this match. But Ford was way too over the top for it. And it makes me think that I don't it makes me think the Street Prophets lack the serious gear you need to be a serious champion or a serious contender. You know what I mean? Like, it seems to me like almost everything they do ends up a little goofy or too over the top. You know what I well, mean? I like it. I like the fact that Montez Ford is Bianca Belair's uh, husband. Yeah, that's the best thing about him. Right? And they, every good uh, man, there's an even better, and stronger, and faster woman right behind it. Well, that's maybe Montez. She's the prettiest. Maybe Montez should. Maybe Montez should let uh, Bianca Belair do the wrestling for the family. Then because uh, <laughs> I'm just it's, it's too much, man. He was too over the top. Uh, uh, like when he uh, came into the ring and he was doing that goofy fucking dance thing, and Randy just looks at him and is like, "Are you done?" <laughs> like, yeah. Like I'm just having none of it. Um, Randy gives him a thumb to the eye, which was really well, cool. He was, he was he was what he was trying to do is he was trying to oppress the amigos, amigos, amigos. Yeah. And then um, I, had a, I had a funny joke that went with the Three Amigos, the movie. Do you remember when we did the movie Amigos, Amigos, Amigos? Well, and it's not Amigos. Went... It's it's not Amigos. It's just oh, it's... Migos. I got it. I have it written down here. All right. Here... <laughs> I, I digress. But, um, yeah, the pops from Randy were really loud. Um, Montez Ford went over the top and then went, like, did that move where he's going to go, you know, over the top rope and then hit the guy with a senton, but he went right over Matt Riddle with the senton and didn't even connect with him. Um, what did that look What did that look like? Pretty, pretty, pretty sketchy it, outside oh, there. It looked awful, dude. The guy behind me was like, he went right over him. 
he didn't even hit him. So, um, Randy got a little stiff with Montez Ford when he broke up that pin, which you could tell because he actually kicked Montez Ford and Ford looked up at him like he was going to do something about it. And I was like, you don't, you don't want to do anything about that, Montez. You, you don't want to get in trouble with Randy. I don't think I know. I, know, I don't I know think that. Randy respects Montez Ford a lot, and I have a feeling he was extra stiff with him in that match because Ford looked like he was pissed off even at the end of the match. Um, yeah, that the oh, prior service uh, veterans, we we all have sort of a, a entity, you know, and we all have an entity towards each other sometimes, and we either uh, uh, assimilate to each other and we try to help with the cause or. You kind of feel like that person is kind of like not part of your cause, and so then. You guys fight with each other. Veterans fight with each other, and you guys love each other at the same time. Right, so it's like a love hate. So I'm sure that the both of them have their issues. Yeah. But um, so uh, Randy got a little stiff with Ford. Uh, There's a hot tag. Randy made a great comeback. Uh, the double draping DDT spot where he had both Montez and um, what's his face, the other guy. Oh, oh right, it hang, hanging out to dry? Yeah, he had him up there on the ropes and gave him the two DDTs. That got oh, a huge the, pop. Um, the twirly bird, Angelo Dawkins? Yes, Angelo Dawkins. See, I like Angelo Dawkins because I think he takes it seriously and works his ass off. Um, but after the match, after the match, if you watch it on the Peacock, after the match, they all kind of walk down out, the, out of the ring at the same time. Yeah, they missed the they missed the spot where they're supposed to still be mad at each other at the end of the match. Well, they did the whole handshake thing at the end of the match too. So because they're both babyface teams, you know what I mean. You got to have the uh, uh, the the solidarity there, the, the re- sport the sportsmanship, respect, whatever. Um, oh, okay, I, yeah, I missed all the hand shaking and all that. I just I just saw them all walking out together, and I was like, well, then it kind of makes sense. They're just kind of walking all down together around but, at the um, same time. The uh, the the spot where Montez Ford flies over the corner, you know that over the corner dive he does, like the way they did the editing or the way they did the camera work made it seem like it didn't take that long. It took forever in the arena. Like you could tell them getting into, like you could tell what they were going to do probably forty five seconds before they even fucking did it. It was like, oh, they're going to do the the over-the-corner spot. Here they go. Oh, they're getting into position now. Oh, okay, Montez is back up in the corner. Okay, can Mm -hmm. we please do this spot? Can we? Oh, there they go. You know Uh, what I mean? They need to do more. Well, that's what you do. You listen to Excalibur on AEW, and then you hear, Topaz, Chonacito, Corn Corn Roll. (laughs) Corn Holio. Corn Holio. Montez, Ford, and all them, they need to do more. You're right. I think so too. But I like Montez Ford's jumping ability. He's like a freaking, no... like grasshopper when he goes oh, in there. Yeah. Everything he does is up and up and up. And that that was the Rock. The Rock yeah. used to be bouncing all over the town every time he was in there taking bumps. He'd bounce everywhere, and that was like the cool thing about the Rock taking bumps. Yeah, I, I understand that, but the Rock still presented himself as a serious in-ring competitor whereas i don't think montez ford presents himself as serious i think he presents himself as a character of what he thinks a professional wrestler is supposed to look like and i think it comes off that way and it doesn't come off to me like he has enough respect for the business itself and i think that's what randy was because you can tell 
even at the end of the match when everybody does their handshake, Randy whispers something in his ear, and Montez still has a fucking sour ass look on his face. Which I wouldn't be surprised oh. if Randy was like, "You need, a, you got a lot of way to, you got a long way to go, kid," or something like that. Because uh, Randy's not going to pull any punches with what he thinks about somebody. After all the receipts that he's had, right? Yeah. Yeah. After getting um, hit in the head with the Undertaker and chairs to the face by Edge and yeah. But uh, I will say, yeah, Randy was the star of this match, and I gave it a C. I didn't think it was – it wasn't awful because Randy made it – Randy made it really good. Randy made that match good. Without him, it probably would have been a D or lower. But um, that is what it is. Blowout um, versus Randy Orton. That's blowout what it versus is. Randy Orton? I would pay to blowout see that match. versus Randy Norton. He'll stalk you first for like six months. The, the legend killer versus the unknown WWE superstar. <laughs> there we go. So, um, get out. And then I'll have to fight you again. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, after the match, we get the interview with Drew. Now, this one actually came through. Um, and he was like, Hot Lana is loud tonight. First of all, nobody from Atlanta calls it Hot Lana. All right, I'm gonna write that down. Nobody calls it Hot Lana. Nobody calls it. The only people that call it Hot Lana is people from out of town that think it's cool. Nobody that lives here calls it that. Um, that's a, that's the same thing over here. If you get Aloha, a you're gonna get talked to today. Wait, so does he like Atlanta? Because you can say Aloha, but if you say Aloha, a then you're gonna get talked to. Dr. Bob like Atlanta. Uh, oh, I was going to say, uh, Atlanta. Isn't that what Goldberg won the t- championship belt? Is that where all the excitement is for all the wrestling? Uh, yeah, I like Atlanta. Um, you know, it's it. one of the cool things about being wrestling fans in Atlanta is we come here like uh, – is it WWE usually comes here like twice a year at least because, I mean, well, we got a pay-per-view, and then we usually get an episode of Raw or an episode of SmackDown uh, too. So, um, you know, WWE comes here quite a bit. And there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, there's quite a few independents. And uh, I just like the city in general. It's a cool city. I remember Hulk Hogan saying that when he wanted to get, put the world championship title on top of Bill Goldberg, that he wanted to tell, tell um, Eric Bischoff, we got to put it on him in Atlanta because in Atlanta, it's where it's so, so, so much fans out there it'll be so much heat down there mm-hmm. it'll be it'll well, blow over like crazy goldberg played for the falcons oh <sighs> goldberg played for atlanta falcons yeah right. and he's from like, and he's from georgia so uh yeah there's a Gold, there's... goldberg goldberg has some real serious convictions when it comes oh, yeah. to his 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 football rivalry oh yeah well i mean yeah because he played for the he went to the university of georgia and then he played i'm pretty sure he played for the falcons and he also um, he was he was raised in Georgia, so he's he's a Georgia boy through and through. So they, uh, but anyway, yes. while Drew's in the back giving his interview, he gets attacked by uh, Corbin in Madcap Moss, and Corbin doesn't have his hat on, and with no beard and the shaved head, Corbin looks like Baron von Raschke. Ah, uh, <laughs> he does. I like that. He does. I had just finished. I'm watching my Starcade reviews right now. Yeah. I was coming back, coming back from that side of the of the park, and I was listening to the intro. Does it have like a Spanish intro? It goes. I don't think so. Yeah, it sounded like I was listening to like a little ranchero music coming back <laughs> right, right before the Baron Von Rusky match. 
on the Starcade. Oh, on the Starcade? I can believe. I can yeah. see that on Starcade. Yeah. It was funny. I was like listening to the whole thing. It was like three minutes long. I was like, yeah, digging it. It was when they were getting ready for the match. <laughs> and that's all the people need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like Happy Corbin's uh, new gimmick. He went from yeah. what we what we saw was um you know getting uh picked on for not having any money and yeah. it's sad to see that on television it's very very heartbreaking you know and so all of a sudden I was thinking I'm gonna text message uh Happy Corp Barry Corbin and I'm also gonna uh email uh, not text message but t- tweet Sergeant Slaughter and I'm gonna say I think you two need to get together and recruit. Baron Corbin for the service because he's all out of <laughs> options right now. Well, that would be a good idea and make him into like a, a sergeant. That would have been a good game. Right? And I saw I, th- I thought Sergeant Slaughter could come back and then we could get uh Hat- Baron Corbin at the time before he became Happy Corbin back on his feet and get him into the service. Cor- Corporal, Corbin. Corporal, Corporal Corbin. Corporal Corbin. Yeah. That cool. There you go. And then the the almost the next couple days after all that, then they went with the Happy Corbin uh mm-hmm. Uh, storyline he hit the he hit the jackpot in vegas oh yeah so um but while drew was getting attacked i was like there's no security like drew, drew doesn't have any friends in the back nobody's gonna yeah. come out to help him until the very end no. after they already pilmanized his throat then they're gonna yeah. be like oh okay oh my um, gosh you just reminded me that was the uh the the ending to that whole saga that they had to drop that big giant piece of metal down on him mm-hmm Oh, well, they had, brutal. yeah, they had the the chair wrapped around his neck, and then they dropped the thing on the chair. But um, and they're all they're all no, 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 no Corbin, don't, don't do it, don't, don't, because do that's it. gonna work. Don't, don't do it. And finally, ah, he smashes him. But um, then we go and we get Brock uh, Lesnar doing his best Paul Heyman impression, which I thought was fantastic. I just I loved it. I was like, especially when he looks into the camera and he's like. That's a spoiler and winks and does that little thing. I was like, Brock's back, baby. I know. Brock I know. Brock is I, back. I, I remember when Brock first started to talk. Uh-huh. Okay. When he had his duck lips like this, he used to have little duck lips like that mm-hmm. when he used to talk back in the day and his little buzz cut action. All right. And then remember he seen Bill Goldberg and Bill Goldberg comes up to him right after he just won the WWE championship and he goes, what do you want? <laughs> it's a ponytail now, and it's so funny, like a little girl. What do you want? Bill Goldberg yeah. laughs at him and goes, ha, ha. Hey, champ, I just want to let you know something. It's one thing to win it, but it's another thing to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, don't you want to congratulate me? And he kept on walking past him. But, um, so, um, well, hold on. I've got to, uh, I'll be right back. Oh, okay. We'll sit back, wait for Dr. Bob to take a smoke break. Hey, that's cool. Oh, does he say that he likes his ponytail? Yes, he does. It's cool because it's like so, who knew he wanted one this whole time when he had it? Who knew that somebody was telling him, no, you cannot have one? Yeah. And then he went free, free agent and grew his hair. He did. The whole time he wanted to have a beard. He wanted to have a beard. Hey, D-Rod is in the, uh, D-Rod's in the chat. Hey, Hey, D-Rod. D-Rod's in the chat. See. D-Rod. Say aloha, D Rod. God bless America, brother. God bless America. God bless you, so, brother. Um, the next man. Yeah, I like the I like the top knot and the beard on uh, on Lesnar. I think it makes him look like even more of a badass because he looks like just some roughneck fucking dude that would just 
You know, he already looks like somebody that would kick your ass because he's bored. But now he looks like some like country bumpkin that would kick your ass because he's bored. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, 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 a real good friend of mine. He's just turned 66 this year. He's a Marine veteran. His name's Uncle Mark. Yeah. He lives in the in the same floor. We used to, and I, I go into his room and he likes Brock Lesnar. He says, you think Brock Lesnar? That motherfucker right there will clear out a whole bar. <laughs> he would. I don't think Brock Lesnar goes to bars. I don't even know if Brock drinks. I don't. I just wanted to get that joke out there. That was, that was yeah, yeah. I liked it when when Brock Lesnar told Sammy Zayn's, "Hey, come on, Sammy Zayn's, let's just go right now, you and me. We'll go to Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan. Yeah, we'll kill we'll something. We'll go hunt some elk. <laughs> just get on the back of my 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 John Deere for." Four, uh, four gear, you know, double switch, and we just haul ass right through the right through the middle of the woods, just with our two shotguns, you and me. <laughs> like, but it. uh, so um, the next match, which was other than the uh, the Usos in the New Day, which I didn't get to see, and the main what was supposed to be the main event, Brock and Roman, which we didn't get at all, um was the main match that I wanted to see on this card, and that was Miz with Maurice versus Edge. Um, okay, here we go. First, um, a little bit about the Edge entrance. It stepped all over the Miz's entrance, for one, uh, because as soon as Miz started coming to the ring, they brought out this big black box onto the stage. <clears throat> and then... While Miz is in the ring, you see Edge walk out into the bottom of the box. Then they set it on fire. Then they put a ramp up. Like it just, it, it the whole thing was like Edge in a box. Like it, like yes. a little, you know. Somebody um, hates Miz right now. Somebody hates Miz right now. They're making Miz like look like crap. Oh, you think that somebody doesn't like Miz and they're making him look like crap? No, no, I don't think that's it at all. I don't think they were doing. I don't think they were stepping on his entrance on purpose. I think they were. They wanted the cool entrance for TV, is what it was. That's and it a, looked yeah, good on TV. Guys. It looked really good on the pay-per-view that people were watching at home. It did not look so good in the arena. <laughs> because those, those those intros that Edge have make the network. When you hear those pops and you see Edge looking at the hard camera and saying, give it to me. Yep. Give it to me. And they're just all just going for it. That That's what makes you buy your seat that's what puts butts in oh, seats i'm not saying anything it's edge or i'm yeah. just saying that being in the arena seeing the entrance it didn't look nearly as good as it looked on television it would kind of looked a little goofy and clunky and i wish they wouldn't have done it because what you put in front of the people live matters just as much as what you put on television and if you can't make it look good to the live audience, then you shouldn't do it because that's just the way it is. But um, yeah, that's true. I will that's say true. the crowd was super hot for this match. Miz, oh my God, poor Miz. Well, I say poor Miz. I was laughing my ass off the whole time how much heat he got during this match. It was like every time he did something, people were like, Miz, you suck, or Miz is awful. There were some chants that didn't even make it onto the network because uh, right. they That's weren't terrible. like super loud. But yeah, it was uh, Miz got a ton <laughs> of heat, which I like because Miz is a great heel. He should get heat. The people should boo everything he does. Um, I thought it was a great wrestling match. 
Uh, I love the spot where Maurice calls the distraction when Miz pushes him into the post. Miz pushes Edge into the post. Uh, oh, uh, that was that was the whole uh, storyline with them trying to put uh, Edge's mean face together. Mm. And then this is the thing: is um, the referee in the match uh-huh. is, a, is a female is a female referee. Yeah. So uh, it's like the two guys, the two competitors, are both got their like male egos involved too. So and then. The, their their wives, the respective wives, are on the outside of the ring as well. So mm-hmm. their their male egos are involved, right? So you don't want to take a punch and look goofy doing it. So it's kind of a, a lot of uh, these a lot of head facial expressions that we got mm-hmm. on both of these guys, especially when Edge came back from the figure four. How was so that? We haven't gotten to guys... the figure four yet, but uh... oh right. So um, Edge starts telling the work that Miz has been doing on the leg. I really like the Miz you suck chance during his yes during the yes kicks. I thought that was fantastic. Um but then yeah, that's when he gets into the figure four. And one something I wanted or no. Uh, yeah, they go outside out of the ring and Miz does the like uh um uh or not Miz, Ez does like the I forget what he calls it, the um Oh right, onto the table? No, onto the uh, onto the floor. The uh, the same thing Xbox does, like the X Factor, but he calls it like right. the Executioner or something. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. but Maurice doesn't go check on Miz, and uh, that's one of the things about being a valet or being a manager is you should always, whenever your guy's on the outside and he's down, you should immediately be on top of them, trying to check to see if they're okay, trying to get the opponent away from them. You see what I'm saying? Trying to create yeah. separation, especially as a heel. Because that's what you're there for. You're there to basically make it harder for the baby face to get over on your person. Um, right. I'm on the. I'm. A, I just finished watching the Starcade '86 match with, uh, with um, go, uh, gorgeous uh, Ronnie Garvin, mm-hmm. and um, and and what's his name? Um, oh, Le it was Bob Brad Armstrong. Armstrong, wasn't it? Brad Brad Armstrong. Yeah. And yeah, they have they have the the what's her name? Baby Precious. in the corner. Precious. Precious. Yeah, she she could teach she could teach the two of these. Um, uh, Maurice and uh, and Beth a little bit about how to be on your guy all the time because yep. this lady doesn't stop talking to the crowd uh, oh, yeah. about about uh, Gorg- about Ronnie Garvin. Mm-hmm. But um, Miz gets some more heat, uh, gets the figure four on um, on Edge, and here's another thing I wanted to point out: um, Edge is in the middle of the ring with the figure four. Maurice should be over there behind behind Miz, so when Miz right. leans back, she can pull his arms. To help him give more leverage onto Edge, yeah. and then when the referee looks over, she lets go, and it's like, "Oh, I'm not doing anything." You see what yeah, I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's know, those little things that make a good manager, and uh, I think part of it is Maurice is is very out of practice. I think part of it is uh, maybe she couldn't remember what to do, but she hasn't done this in what like two years. It really has right. been since she's been a even longer than that. The Miztourage was really the last time she was a constant part of the Miz's act so um but those are I just like little things I uh edge gets a good hulk up and a reversal uh miz gets oh, a... that that reverse on that figure four was just awesome when he picked mm-hmm. up his right arm and he started shaking like hogan and he's going side to side yeah he, he just did a few more times until he could finally get the miz over and it's funny because good old miz just didn't want to let go oh yeah yeah, it was uh it, that was that was really good. Like I said, this was a great wrestling match. 
Like, there was nothing phony or really overly fake or overly, like, insulting about this match at all. It was all really well done. I love the spot where Miz gets his feet up on the ropes for the pin. Of course, he's using the top rope, too. And then uh, the referee's like, uh, and then the crowd starts chanting, you can't do that. Hey, 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 you can't do that. You hear that people all the way in the very top going, come on. (laughs) No, they did. The crowd, the crowd in the audience, we were, they were all chanting, you can't do that. You (laughs) can't do that. Yeah. um, That was a lot of fun. Uh, Maurice. uh, And and what about rated R too? Did Did you get a chance to say the rated R chant? I wrote that down. I wanted to know. Uh, no, there were a lot of edge chants, though, but there wasn't, weren't any rated R chants. Ah. Um, let's see. Uh, edge gets um, Miz in the, uh, the, the whatever his um, submission hold is, and Maurice fumbles Edge's feet. I didn't like that. You know what I mean? When Maurice is trying to put Miz's feet up on the on ropes, the bottom rope. and she yeah. kind of, Very you know. Very him. It's pretty goobie him. Yeah, exactly what D-Rod says. Just good wrestling, what you would expect with Miz and, Miz and Edge. Um, Miz causes a distraction, which allows Maurice to hit Edge in the face with the loaded purse to only to get a two count. And then Beth comes out. Now, here's where it all kind of falls apart a little bit for me. Um, one, Beth comes out onto the stage, like, and we see her on camera, before her music even hits. So why even bother hitting her music? Everybody knows that that's fucking Beth Phoenix. Number one. Number two, you could have hit her move, her music like at any time. Two, she does a slow walk, which is cool if there's something going on in the ring. But she's out there to try and get her hands on Maurice. She should be running to that ring to fucking bust Maurice's head open angry you know what i mean like she's got the ang- she's got the angry facial going on but she's walking yeah. like a fucking like she's uh um i don't know like michael myers or jason Voorhees yeah. or something i liked it i like you it. know um which which made it came good it came out good on tv it came out so good on tv because we didn't see her beforehand and then they edited it so well and then the the pat the, the the crowd goes wild and then beth does that thing that you're saying where she's just sitting there just face facial expression and not moving and then she doesn't do the walk until she hears her music. And so when she hears her music, it kind of transforms her into the glamazon. She goes from yeah. being Edge's yeah. wife. Yeah. And then she goes and as soon as the music hits, she feels the electricity of the energy and she becomes nothing no. more than the, the glamazon. You're rationalizing the hell out of it, Blue Op, man. They fucked it up. You know they fucked it up. I know they fucked it up. <laughs> The slow walk to the ring was dumb because Maurice was halfway around the ring before Ed, before uh, fucking uh, Beth Phoenix even got to the ring. Maurice is already on the other side of it. So it did nothing to make Maurice. Maurice looks like she was just running away to run away. It didn't look like uh, Beth was even close to getting her hands on her. So it was that 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 was the one part of this match that I did not like. Um it did cause the distraction, though. Edge got the spear and got the win, which was really Great good. Great spear. Good spear. Folded, yeah. folded the Miz right in half. Great bro. spear. I'm glad, that you're, you, I'm glad that you were there to witness that. You know what other ball. spot was really good is when the first time Edge went for the spear and uh, Miz straight up jumped over Edge. Did, did, 
I don't know if you remember that, but Edge set had Miz set up for the spear, and he went, and Miz oh. just straight up leapfrogged over his ass, and Miz and <laughs> went right into the corner. Um, oh, my God. But, These are all fun spots to have seen, you know? And, and, uh, you don't get a chance. To, these are once-in-a-lifetime spots. Miz yeah. is definitely a Hall of Famer. Edge is a future Hall of Famer. Edge is already a Hall of Famer. Miz oh, is a future is Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. Oh. Ah, love it. Um, but yeah, this was this was just a fantastic. I gave it an A. It probably would have gotten an A plus if they hadn't bungled the Beth Phoenix stuff. But uh, oh yeah. But I think I think it definitely deserves an A. Fantastic wrestling match. Probably the best pure wrestling match on the card. I think because uh, you know the other the one on one with Drew eh, that was okay. And we'll talk about uh, Morgan and Becky. And then the main event was a gimmick match because that was a fatal five way. So that doesn't, I don't think that counts as a pure wrestling match. You know what I mean? Well, we'll get into that in just a second. So we can stay on this match real quick and just finish up. But yeah, yeah the ending, the ending was brutal. The ending of this match of the, of the whole pay-per-view was just sick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, um, like you said, great spear, great wrestling from both of them. I love the the like when they would go for holds and they would kind of hand fight and it wasn't like <laughs> Edge would just lay there and let like uh, Miz put a hold on him or vice versa. Yeah. They actually like I, had yeah, to really that. fight to get a hold on each other. It was just yeah, I noticed that it was a very you, believable when you, match. When you get into wrestling school, that's one of the first things you're going to notice when your partner is with you doing a doing a spot. He's not going to give you his arm to put yeah. you into the. Uh, Irish turnbuckle. You're gonna have to grab it for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so with that over with, next we get uh, Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Title. Um, someone needs to do something about Liv Morgan's entrance. Uh, it looks like something I created on the uh, 2K19 <laughs> entrance thing. Like it's, I mean, you couldn't be any more generic. It's lines with her name on it and some bad music. And that's pretty much it. Like, uh, you know, if you're pushing this girl and you want expect her to be something more than an undercard girl, you got to give her a little bit more than that. Um, Becky got a huge pop. People singing along with her music. Uh, <clears throat> just absolutely blew out the water. Wow. Did you see any of the man signs? Uh, I didn't. But I was on uh, the same side as the hard camera, so I didn't see a whole lot of signs. Because usually when people uh, bring signs, they bring them to sit on the side where I was sitting. Um, <laughs> they, uh, let's see, the crowd was really split during this one. Like, there were a lot of, like, people would cheer for Liv, but then people were also booing Liv. And people would cheer for Becky. People were booing Becky. Uh, people would chant. Didn't get a whole lot of Becky chants, but you got a lot, a good amount of Liv chants. Um, but uh, honestly, like, okay, well, I did write down here that Liv screams way too much. Like anytime she gets a hold or something going, she screams. Uh, I just, I couldn't get into this match. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's the fact that I don't like Liv Morgan and don't see her as a top tier women's competitor. I don't know if it was just a, uh, a lack of the way they put the match together. I think what might've happened is they had a match planned out when Roman and Brock got canceled. They gave this match more time, and they didn't really know what to do with it. That would be my thing, because I also think that this match went a little longer than it needed to. 
especially in the beginning. <laughs> it was a very slow burn in the beginning. Um, they speaking, uh, of ma- speaking of matches that uh, are really drawn out a lot longer than usual. Um, this Starcade '86 last one that we're getting ready to get into. These matches, they're not like the World Championship Wrestling episodes where they go no. out and uh, uh, Brad Armstrong gives them the uh, side Russian uh, leg sweep, and then you get the one, two, three. Oh no! These matches, these matches are a little bit more Super Bowl like. Oh yeah, yeah, they are. Well, of course, this is you know this is basically the same thing as WrestleMania. If you're going to be on the card, you're expected to put together a good. You know, ten to fifteen minute match, twenty minutes if you're, you know, in the mid card or above. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how long Nikita and Flair goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went over forty five minutes, just because. <laughs> um, but uh, the the Liv did do that really cool like springboard sunset power bomb. I don't know how to put how to put what she did. It's like she springboarded off the second rope, flipped in the air landed and did a power bomb to Becky while Becky was stuck up on the top rope. I don't know how she did it. It looks really cool, but so that was really good. Uh, one guy behind me at, on one of the uh, Becky's kickouts was screamed, are you going to cry, Liv? You're going to cry again? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Liv's, Liv really, is a crier. Really um, yeah, I- I think I, my favorite one was reverse that one into a DDT. And then the guy, the guy did it and reversed it into a DDT. My cousin Albert and I just kind of looked at each other like this. Um, but uh, Becky ends up getting the win. It looked like she was supposed to have her feet on the ropes to use the ropes to get the win. So Liv would have something to complain about, have an out for while she lost. But uh, I think she was too far away from the ropes. Um Overall, I gave this one a C. I wasn't that into it, but it wasn't an awful match. It wasn't insulting or stupid or too much gaga. It just, I just wasn't that into it. But this because I don't really like Liv Morgan. Well, I think the thing I was going to say, and I haven't had a chance to say, that Liv Morgan is more of a Liv Morgans with an S in plural. So there's going to be more to come. There's going to be new NXT young up-and-coming female athletes that mm-hmm. are going to be pushed to the moon that have a uh, minimal talent as far yeah. as other, other superstars that are in like Charlotte flair and such. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, well, that also speaking of Charlotte and people who, uh, well, I think should have been put and put in a better position to be challenging for a title. You know, Tony storm just quit, uh, here. Uh, what was that? Just last week. She walked Sucks, out. I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, she she left. She just left after she was the main event at a house show, and uh, then just left and flew herself home. Um, and it was after, shortly after she had that really bad SmackDown match with Charlotte Flair. Um, I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but I would suspect that Charlotte Flair has attitude problems. Uh, we've already seen you, that boil suspect. over. We well, we've already seen, seen that hair at the end of a match. Yeah, <laughs> we've uh, well, we've we've seen that boil over with the thing with Becky <laughs> and Sonya Deville, which I thought they might have been just working us because of uh, um, because they were having the match at Survivor Series. But I think that there's real animosity there, and I have a feeling Charlotte's starting to believe her own hype and think she's 
you know, it's one thing to think you're great in the ring and to have a chip on your shoulder like that, but it's another thing to not work with an opponent to try and have an entertaining match for the people in the in the arena. And I think that that's uh, really, I think Charlotte is getting to that point where she doesn't care if she has a good match. She just wants to win. And uh, I think that's a little sad. I think Charlotte still does really good, uh, except for the crowds like to get in her underneath her skin. Yeah. Some of the times the crowds get her to do uh, like hand gestures to the crowd that get her suspended or get her tile taken away. And now she's pushing for another 13 or 14 runs. Yeah. But um, so anyway, um, after that match and before the main event, Seth does a little thing. And, you know, I didn't know because I don't watch Raw. But uh, this was supposed to be a Seth one-on-one with Big E match. So uh, so that's it went from being that to be a fatal five-way. Which I wouldn't care if it was a fatal five-way if it were an elimination. That's something I always, I've always said that. I've said that a million times. If you're going to have multiple people in the match, it should be an elimination match. That way, whoever wins is either somebody who pinned somebody who pinned the champion. You know what I mean? That way right. you get down to the toughest two uh, motherfuckers in the match and they go yep. at it and whoever wins, wins, you know? Um, yep. I would also say that in with that, you should, the disqualification should be the same as, as, as a pinfall. That way you can't just bring chairs and tables and shit into the ring. You know what I mean? But I thought yeah. that um, they did a really good job here. So the next match was uh, Seth versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Big E for the WWE title. One quick all the way back, one quick all the way back goes mm-hmm. to when Big E cashes in his money in the bank contract. Yeah. money The money in the bank contract night. Bobby Lashley had like a, a, a knee that got out of whack, and mm-hmm. fell off of the ropes, and and I could see that because it's a three foot drop after you're tired, and he's a heavy guy. So yeah, your knee can go out after you hit the ground, especially because I have bad ones. And then Big E comes out to cash in, and Bobby Lashley's kind of like, I don't you know have any beef with you, right? Yeah. So what does Big e, what does Big E do? He gives him five fingers to the face, <laughs> smack. After he gives him the five fingers to the face, well, my beautiful wife Jessica over here, she says, oh, my God, Bobby Lashley looks like he liked that. And I said, no, I don't think so, Mom. <laughs> Big E, you ever see the size of this guy? Well, Big E gets you right there, square in the paw on the head. It hurts. You feel it. So that's what that's what started off this entire night, was Big E giving him the five fingers to the face that night and then taking a championship. And now we come to tonight at day one where we're going to have this fatal five-way match where Big E says that he ain't leaving tonight without his WWE championship. <laughs> well, um, I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, we all know what happens. Uh, anyway, so Brock yeah. definitely got the biggest pop of the night by, like, wow. far. I mean, it was uh, it, it was amazing. It was, uh, the three biggest pops were Brock Lesnar, Edge, and Randy Orton. So I think if Roman had been there, he might have gotten an equal pop to Brock's 
because Roman's that popular, but nobody else was even close. Even Becky wasn't as big as uh, as uh, Brock's was. Um, wow. Um, Brock goes, he does the thing where he walks around the ring, which is really cool. And then as soon as he gets in, it's time to go to Suplex City. And he suplexes everybody in the match. Um, suplexes Seth and Kevin Owens like three times a piece. The match is 100 miles per hour from the start. Uh, There's a nice look in the the spear from Brock or to Brock from Bobby Lashley through the announce for through the barricade was fantastic. Um, The announce table spot I actually almost left up the announce table spot because I was like, this is going to devolve if they start pulling out chairs and tables and shit from under the ring. Like I'm just going to go. I don't want to see a weapons match. Fortunately, they didn't, and I should have known better because Brock doesn't go for that stuff. He doesn't like those type of weapons matches. You can tell yep. by the types of matches he has. Like most thing, most he'll do is put somebody through a table that's already been set up, or he'll use the stairs, something like that, something that makes oh, you'll, sense. You'll hear, you'll hear an open, open on a Saskatchewan on the broken skull session. You'll hear on the broken skull session how. Um, how Brock Lesnar is such a good worker, and you really don't realize that. Oh, no, you don't. Well, there's something I wanted to say about that, actually. Um, and I also think Brock has a lot of respect for the business. That's why he doesn't like to do those things, because he's a legit MMA fighter. I mean, he freaking dominated the UFC for, what, a, over a year, two years? Yeah. Um, he went in there and started to learn, learn the Kimura lock. Mm-hmm. And he started to do that thing where he was breaking Triple H's arm. So, um, uh, Seth and Kevin Owens as a team is the team I never knew I wanted. <laughs> but now, yeah, like, I, I love I it. Like their, I like their promos. He takes it one step further. He says, my soulmate, Kevin Owens, or my soulmate, Seth Rollins, or something like that. I think he was talking about Sami Zayn. Oh, no, Zane. he was talking about Sami Zayn. Yeah, his soulmate, yeah, Sami Zayn. I um, loved it. Which I would love to see Kevin and Owen, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn actually team up and go after the tag team titles. The biggest baby. <laughs> what happened? They're looking for a fight to see who's the biggest baby. Oh, they're looking to see who's the biggest baby. What's gonna happen? Uh, Kevin Owens and him best friends, and then they're gonna fight like uh, babies. They do. They fight all the time. They've been fighting for fifteen years. My heart. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they give Brock the great. Okay, the the. DDT, the double DDT to the stairs spot with Brock. Ooh, yeah. Um, was fantastic. And now here's something, because you didn't see this on television. Nobody saw this. And this is what makes it so great. Brock sold that fucking thing. Like, he sold it. Like, he laid on the ground. And this is all why stuff's going on in the rain. The camera's not on him. He doesn't have to do yeah. this for anybody. He could have just laid there and breathed. But no, he's like rolling from side to side, like holding his head. You know what I mean? And then at one point he kind of like, he sits up and he kind of slumps over the stairs and he's looking <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Like he's selling it. Like he's actually hurt. Like he's concussed. Like there's something, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, yeah. he's working the cell to make sense yeah. for why he's been on the ground for so long. And then he kind of gets to his feet. Like he helps himself up on the apron and gets to his feet and he's leaning up against the apron. And yeah. then as soon as he sees that spot where Kevin, where Seth is going, he just, Boom! Inside the ring and pits, picks up uh, Seth Rollins. It was, it was fantastic. It was, it made me have a whole new respect for Brock Lesnar 
because there's a ton of guys that would not sell like that, would not make it look believable when they're on the outside of the mat, out on the outside of the ring. The camera's not on them, probably isn't going to be on them, but still do it for the live fans that are there in audience that can see them so that they don't look like they're just laying there. You know what I mean? It just, it's a whole new respect for Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think I think the word that Brock Lesnar used when he first got back was he's going to bring back legitimacy into the WWE. Well, he's definitely legitimate. Yeah. Um, but there was a fast the the, the finish was super fast paced. It was really good, very well done. Got a huge pop because I really thought Big E was going to give Brock the 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 big ending. Like you know what I mean? Everybody everybody did. For, for for years, uh, all of us fans have seen Brock Lesnar do the job at the very end because he doesn't necessarily technically like to work long matches, right? No. So you, you, you see him in, get in, a, in someone's finisher, you think it's going to be one, mm-hmm. two, three at the end of a match. So being right. that he didn't get it and then gave him the F5 and stuff, I was like, oh, my goodness, they're going to give the strap to Brock. And it was like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. yeah, it really was. It got like I said, it got a huge pop. People, yes, you either you either love it or you hate it. I think if you don't love it, you're it's a little ridiculous because you can't have Brock Lesnar in the WWE this long and have him not hold a championship just because of who he is and how um, big of a star he is and how much of a draw. Um, but I gave this one. I actually, I think this might be the first time I've given a match this with this many people in it. This high, I gave this one an A. This was just a fantastic. <laughs> you can't see this on on uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but he's uh, Blowman's pulling out his his WWE championship. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fast paced. It was hard hitting. It uh, it was everything that I would want a match like this to be because there's so many big guys in it that it uh, it really felt. Uh, I don't want to say realistic, but it did. It felt, um, I don't know, maybe I was just happy that it was over quick, too, because I don't like drawing <laughs> out matches with this many people in them. But uh, I thought it was really well done. And like I said, with Brock in the match, you kind of have to have it that way because he's not going to go for a lot of gaga or a lot of silliness. So, um, yeah, I gave it an A. What did you think? I thought I thought it was amazing. It was one of those matches where it was like, you look back at the stories you hear, the legends of Brock Lesnar when mm-hmm. he first joined into the into the into the business and when he was young and collegiate, and still out of uh, college, and then someone hears out inside the uh, the wrestling ring just boom, boom, just another one, boom, and just somebody's just getting d- destroyed in there. Uh-huh. Who who in the heck is throwing these guys around? And it turned out that mob right there was Brock Lesnar and that's what that's what Brock Lesnar likes to do that's what he loves to do is he likes to boom drop you on that on that pine oh yeah he uh yeah definitely um what was I gonna say I was gonna say something oh yeah well he's got it's been announced at uh Royal Rumble uh Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley which is the match I've been I've been foaming at the mouth for this match since yeah. Bobby Lash- Lashley came back into the WWE. Like, as soon as he came back, I was like, oh, God, I want to see him face Brock Lesnar because they both have MMA. They both trained at MMA. 
You know what I mean? Uh, they, yep. So they they have a legitimacy to them, and I have a feeling that they could really work together. I don't think it'll be a super long match, 10, maybe 15 minutes, but I think those 10 or 15 minutes are going to be fucking brutal. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, that's that's so, definitely uh, some Rampage Brown and Joe Coffee action. Oh, yeah. If we don't get, and I'm going to say this right now, if we don't get Bobby Lashley no-selling a Brock Lesnar German suplex, I'm going to be really upset because that should be the first thing they do in the match is Brock gives fucking Lashley a suplex, and Lashley completely no-sells it, pops right back up at the beginning of the match just to show, like, Lashley's a tough son of a bitch too. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, just when he takes that first, when he takes that first suplex, though, he's got to really give it a good jump. Because if mm-hmm. he doesn't jump up really in the air, then uh, he might fall on Lesnar and it'll be over before it even begins. <laughs> but um, so overall, this uh, this got one of the highest I've rated a pay-per-view in a long time. This was a, I gave this a B plus to day one. I thought this was a really, it was a good pay-per-view. I don't think it was... The stuff that was wrong with it was nothing to do really with the wrestling. More had to do with the presentation, I think, uh, except for the uh, um, the Street Profits match. Uh, that that one I didn't really care for, but Randy Orton was in it, and Randy was fantastic in that match. So um, Je- Jessica Jessica really loved the assisted uh, RKO. Oh yeah, like the pop up RKO or whatever oh, that they my did. Goodness. That and it looked so good too on the Peacock. On it the, really on did. The network. Oh, it looked even uh, better. It looked even better live because it really did kind of come out of fucking nowhere. Like I was just uh, all of a sudden Matt Riddle throws him up in the air and Brandy gives him the RKO and it's like holy shit, they just won. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was writing down notes and Jessica said, "Oh, he threw him in the air. He got him for the three. Do they do that often?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> but um, the the one takeaway. If you take away anything else from this yeah. pay-per-view, and this is part of the reason why I think it got to be plus. It started and it ended with This Is Awesome Chance. The first match and the last match, people chanted This Is Awesome really, really, really loud. And like I said, yeah. it was a loud, was awesome. rambunctious crowd in Atlanta. I wish they would come here more often because we're always... Atlanta is always a good crowd. Like, I've never seen the WWE come through Atlanta and it be a dead crowd or a crowd that was uninterested unless it was just an absolute shit show. Uh, you know, there's a reason why NXT chose to come here to do TV tapings when uh full sale was uh, unavailable a few years ago. So, well, this was more than a few, it was probably like five years ago or something. I don't know. It there was, was a while ago. <laughs> there was, was there any Heyman in this episode? No. No, there wasn't because remember, um, COVID, uh, Roman had COVID, and they weren't going to reveal Heyman as the advocate for uh, Brock Lesnar again until Raw, I think. So, because I have a feeling Ro- that Brock was supposed to win the match with Roman, and that Heyman was turning on Roman. Um, oh, that would have been the big reveal right there, huh? Yeah. Ah. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But, our prayers and our thoughts go out to, to Roman Reigns and hope that he's able to overcome his, his CV-19 real fast. Let, as as uh, Pat McAfee said, Roman Reigns is going to kick COVID's ass just like he's kicked everybody else's ass. Yeah. 
The blowout man also has something in common with too, with Roman Reigns fighting uh, A plus Sikinimi as a child and getting a bone marrow transplant from mm-hmm. my sister Jennifer. So, uh, yeah, our hearts go out to him. I hope he's going to get a fast recovery. Stay, 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 stay away from any any uh, you know germs or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, our best to Roman Reigns and uh, him and his family, and I hope they all stay safe and make it through this. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was WWE Day 1, a really good pay-per-view. Uh, it was fantastic to be there live. Uh, I've never This is the first pay-per-view I've ever been to. I've been to, uh, you know, SmackDown and uh, Raw tapings and NXT tapings and a couple of house shows, but this was the first pay-per-view have been I've been to and it was it was so much fun even with you know wearing my mask the whole time and not really being able to drink because I had to drive home it was an absolute but just a blast um yeah next week we're gonna have uh the season finale for uh this season of back to the ring is going to be the uh um Starcade 86 We've been building to this since uh, the middle of November, since before Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> so we're finally going to do it. Starcade 86. We're pulling the trigger next week. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good show. Uh, just a fantastic bunch of matches uh, culminating with the uh, the Skywalkers, the Midnight Express versus the Road Warriors on a 30-foot tall scaffold. It's just and we'll get to see Jim Cornette uh, blow out both of his ACLs at the same time when he falls off the scaffold. So, <laughs> only man in history to ever, um, um, what's it called? Work, work a pay per view, and make a check, and actually go uh, upside down on the night because you had to pay for your medical bills. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's uh, that's that. Um, Anything else you got for us before we stop recording for the evening? Oh, just give a real big shout out to everybody that's on board with um with our what you call it the blowout man doing open mic night here up in the uh, the HT Studios I call it yeah the HT Studios it's called Hilo Tavern yeah in Hilo Hawaii and it's up on uh, Ohana Wrestling you can watch those nice. and so we give out we give out all you guys best shout outs for the LWF and also for the, the the podcasts and we get we get fans through that when we go there on Mondays so last night was amazing i did ultimate warrior promos all night long i transcended dr bob <laughs> i i transcended transcended time man, and space the blowout man transcended it was, it was so i don't want to re- relive it all over again but yeah also thank you guys so much i didn't get a chance to get into the lwf uh a Sunday slaughter only because Jessica and I were on uh, the road that day. And oh, I, fun. we were, yeah. So I wanted to get a chance to watch that match. Hopefully right after this podcast is over with, and then let, let the blowout man storyline continue to run wild cool. all over the LWF. For those of you in the know, and this is a, uh, this isn't a prediction. This is a spoiler. Here's the card. For LWF Raw is War this coming Saturday, we're going to open up with a tag team match with uh, myself and Spuddy taking on. Uh, I'm not sure who else. We're going to get a uh, LWF Stream Championship match with Shane McMahon taking on Mr. Perfect. Uh, we will see 
uh, the blowout man in action in a falls count anywhere, no holds barred match against Sid Vicious, who has just recently been reinstated. We will get the uh, tag team champions, the Bama Boys, versus the Midnight Express in a rematch. We will get Crusher challenging third gunman for the European Championship in the main event because, and I'm sorry, Blow Up Man, because after their match, Big yes. Show attacked Stone Cold Steve Austin with a ladder. We yes. will get the Stone Cold Steve Austin challenging the Big Show in a ladder yep. match for the LWF World Heavyweight Championship. Championship. Dang it. So that's your card okay. for this Saturday, Raw is War. If you were listening okay. here, now you right. have it. Or if you listen to the podcast, you're going to get it. Either way, it's going to be a fantastic show. Uh, 8, Ooh, 7 yeah. Central on uh, the Twitch channel, which if you're listening to it right now, that's the Twitch channel. If not, you can find it. Uh, I'll be, I've always posted on Twitter. So um, everybody... I'm going to uh, go ahead. We're going to finish up the recording here, and then we might stick around for another minute or two. But for the blowout man and for myself, this has been Back to the Ring. And remember, in the words of the great Tully Blanchard, it's been your pleasure. Good night. Good night, boys. I love you, baby. With all my soul.